book report. It's a book report. It's a book report about a movie. Cause that makes sense. Welcome back everybody to The Real Weirdos, where today, one and a half white men are going to talk to you about a movie. We're going to give you a book report about a movie even, because that makes sense. Alex and I are here to talk about Beyond the Black Rainbow. It is a 2010 film from director Panos Kosmatos. And uh, he directed a film that we love called Mandy, starring Nicolas Cage. And I had recently rewatched this one, which is his first film. First of two. He's only made two movies in 12 years. And I decided I wanted to get Alex to watch it as well. Alex, what did you think of Beyond the Black Rainbow? I mean, first point of order. I just want to say how fun it is to say the title of this movie. Uh, It's phonetically, it's just such a, I don't know. It's just Mm. such an entree of like... A little bit of, you know, consonants with the Bs. And then, like, I don't know. I just love saying it. I love tell. I, lo- I loved telling people that I was watching this movie. Real weirdos, we have English yeah. degrees. <laughs> I know, right? Beyond, <laughs> beyond the black rainbow. I don't know. It does have a real fucking panache to it, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> it does. It has, it has character. Yeah. That is a phrase with character and mystery and sensuality. I like it. So I want to say that, you know, it's weird going in reverse for a director. I mean, it doesn't really matter because he only has two films, but wow. I mean, this guy definitely has a style and he definitely, you can see some of like the artifacts from that he would later on take from this movie and apply to Mandy, some -hmm. of his techniques and some of his like narrative structuring, if you want to call, if you want to call it that. Mm. But, um, I enjoyed this movie a lot. I enjoyed it less than Mandy, but yeah, I always think of your saying, right? You're uh, you don't have to like something, but you should respect at least when it's well done. And I don't dislike it, but there are some issues that I have for sure. There are some issues. I think that the thing that he carried mostly over to Mandy is the tone. Yeah. And and the like atmosphere and the I struggle to elucidate better than saying tone <clears throat> because what this movie does I would call it a tonal film because it is all about immersing you in this psychotropic haze almost mm-hmm. and it's not really about the plot in yeah. fact at a certain point you realize that the plot is nonsense. Like, y- y- you could be watching this movie and, like, trying to pick out the themes and motifs, but there is a certain point, I believe, where you give up on that because it is a movie that is just interested in experimenting with a psychedelic tone and, like, just making you enamored of that. What do you think about that? So, def- I mean, absolutely. I agree with all of that. And I feel like to, like, kind of refine your your use of the word tone like i would say the word tone as well and i think to get like more specific there are the shots that are static almost static i mean they're they're very slow moving that they're sta- like some of them are static and the obscured like or obfuscated field of view so abnormal like 
you have a girl sitting in a room, right? And instead of like long shots or pans of her where she's in the center of the room, you'll have the camera like right up close, like 30 degrees <laughs> underneath her chin. And it'll sit there for like 30, 40 seconds. And he'll do something with like the, uh, the blurring and the grain on the film to like, like you said, kind of like induce this like almost like hallucinogenic type effect. It really, really, really hides the plot. Because like you said, at like one point <laughs> I was like, wait, what's happening? The you whole know? movie, you're like, what the shit is going on here? Because you have, you basically have this psychic girl in some kind of deprivation chamber. Mm-hmm. Being, being like weirdly interviewed by this creepy ass guy. <laughs> and then you, it, it sort of zooms out from her and you focus on him. And he's got this lady that he lives with that's that's weird, and you really like you, you find out that I don't even know, man. Um, Rosemary, that's what. Her yeah, name Rosemary. Was. You find out that he was involved with this doctor at this compound that the movie takes place in, mm-hmm. that has to do with entering this like black bath, this like dune bath almost that the Baron goes into. Yeah, exactly. It did. And it then did come entering like basically like the the best the coolest drug trip I've ever seen on film. Oh, like, really? Next, next to Mandy. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know what it is about, like, the tone that Panos Cosmatos cultivates. What a name, by the way. Oh, I know. I love it. So mythical. But, like, I want him to make more movies. Uh, and, and I know I'm, like, I'm like trailing off here. But the, the, the drug trip is just wild. It's so cool. Um, but it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> it's like he comes out of it and he's like, he looks like Max Shrek from the old the old Nosferatu mixed with Maynard James Keenan from Tool. <laughs> I don't know if he's supposed to be a vampire or what. And then like she escapes. This is where the movie like, I, this is where the movie became really weird because it, it deals with this anti-climax where he just hits his head on a rock. Mm-hmm. Also, when she escapes, you de- you deal with this like spatial nonsensicality, where like that the configuration of this compound she's escaping from makes no sense, and it also just becomes a haunted house. Like I actually laughed when I think like I don't know that guy rose from his cocoon and was like slobbering on the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I mean. That's what I'm saying, though, with, like, the actual setup, the technical aspect of the shots. Like, spatially, Cosmatos is fucking weird. And I don't mean that in, like, a, a negative way, but it's interesting. And it's unsettling. But, like, am I the only... Whenever I watch his movies, like, even Mandy, there were some moments where I felt like my head was turned. Even though it, like, wasn't. And I don't know. This movie is not as tight or, like, as fluid or smoothed out as Mandy is. No. And the no, dialogue, no. like the lack of dialogue aside from Niall, the main character, the lack of like normal human dialogue was like very unsettling to me because I don't know. I was just like, will you guys speak to each other, please? Will someone speak? <laughs> <laughs> These like strange, like, I will say my favorite thing about the director, about him so far, Panos, is, besides his name, right, is the way he plays yeah. with noise. And like music yeah, and soundtrack, sounds. not just not just like music, but sound in general. And I feel like he has a hand in it. 
because it's pretty consistent with Mandy. So I feel like this is like something that he probably likes to um, play around with. Um, really quick, do you know if this the cinematographer is the same? I do not know. Um, one thing though is that this would be a completely different movie with a different soundtrack. You're right. So much of it is just depending on the interwoven nature of these really slow, gorgeous images and also unusual images with the sort of dreamlike pulse of the soundtrack. Mm -hmm. um, it feels like, and it, you're right, it does carry over to Mandy tonally and stylistically in different ways. Mandy's definitely a much better movie. Um, mm -hmm. This movie was not very well liked, but... Um, so all these things come together and they make me think that Panos Cosmatos is in both this and Mandy. He's like capturing the essence of a wild drug trip that he had. And mm. it makes me feel like I want to fucking not, not necessarily take acid with him, but like hang out with him the morning after, you know, ah. be the only two people awake at the party and have that conversation. Ah, okay. That's like the coolest conversation. And uh, I don't know. This movie fascinated me. It's incredibly slow. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. To the point like, where neither critics nor audiences really enjoyed this movie. I think you really have to be on a certain wavelength to enjoy it. And whether that wavelength is you've done a bunch of LSD or not, I don't know. I have to mm -hmm. talk to other people who enjoyed it, but it it is operating on that level for sure. It's just like you're just in the minutia of this weird trip and none yeah. of it necessarily means anything but i was just like whoa the whole time i was just sitting there like whoa <laughs> yeah i mean the some of the themes that they touch on are not even necessarily the themes that they touch on because i don't want to call them themes yeah what themes <laughs> sensory deprivation hellraiser drug trips the sentionaut or whatever that thing in like the astronaut suit like it was all yeah. red like i just thought like i don't know like he has this weird way of playing with imagery that like tricks me into thinking it's a little meatier than it is and it really doesn't mean anything or at least i can't deduce it from well, this watching when did you realize that though because i bet the for the first like two-thirds you're trying to dissect it and thinking that it's gonna go somewhere like really come to a head right well i mean honestly the part maybe when you're talking about like or even when he just before that when he's like meeting the old man that started the institute arborea yeah you know dr arborea and like they're speaking to each other and he's having like uh, the flashback and he goes into that liquid and he has like these insane visions, right? Like, yeah, he goes to Hellraiser world. Yeah, exactly. Or something, a psychedelic version of it. I don't know. And I was like, at that point, I was like, okay, okay. But you know, there are directors like him that I feel like play with these techniques and are less adept sometimes or less not adept let's say not as like voluminous narratively as other directors but i have like a kind of a trio in my head right so we've talked okay. about gaspar noe yeah who i feel like it's hilarious you would do acid with him all throughout you know the night and then you would have a conversation <laughs> with cosmatos the next morning but <laughs> um i think refin fits really well into this little genre of, yeah. of of them but Refn definitely has 
narratives. But I mean, I think of uh, Valhalla Rising. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they would like each other or they dig each other's style. Yeah, very slow, dreamlike films. Um, this one is less meaningful than either like Enter the Void or Valhalla Rising. Mm-hmm. Mandy, see, okay, Mandy gets silly as well, uh, but it gets silly in a way that works. If you're once again, if you're operating on a very specific wavelength, that movie mm-hmm. is like the best art house film I've ever seen, mixed with like almost like an Evil Dead style. Where Nicolas oh. Cage builds like the axe of eternity Dude, and fights a guy with a chainsaw. You know? When he's riding around with blood all over his face in his car, just like zooming through the forest. Oh my god. He takes the bad acid and he takes out the Hellraiser guys. It's like yeah. that movie is so specific and it's so weird and it's so perfectly tailored to me. Like there's no other movie that's as tailored to my specific, like weird proclivities in film as Mandy. Beyond mm-hmm. the Black Rainbow gets silly to its detriment when she's escaping, and you're like, oh, well, what's the next monster in this ridiculous haunted house? Yeah. And then she escapes, and it's like this little fucking like, greenhouse she escapes from or something, and you're like, that whole facility was not in there. I know. There's that image where she's just like, she's, she's climbing down this gigantic air duct, and you're like, where is this? The center of the goddamn earth? And then she yeah. just walks outside. And you're like, okay, this movie is not about the plot. It's about Panos Cosmatos fucking with imagery and yeah. creating a tone. And that's all he really wanted to do. And that's enough for me, honestly. I think it's yeah. a, a, an incredibly interesting experiment in tone. And he's a filmmaker unlike anyone I've seen before. I really want him to make more movies. Panos! If you're listening, come on the show. Pick a movie. Seriously, that would be We would amazing. love to have you on. We'll just, whatever movie you want to talk about. Yeah. But, yeah, it's interesting because it cost $1 million to make this film. It only grossed, like, under sixty grand, I think. Which makes sense. I mean, I get that. Yeah. Who's going to watch this? <laughs> I want to know us. why it was so expensive. It seems like, I mean, to be fair, there are a lot of fees and things like that that go on behind the camera, you know, that we just don't see. But like, I don't know, it just didn't seem like a movie that needed to be that expensive to me. I mean, it's not that expensive, but just for how it looked. Maybe like, you're right, because it is immaculate technically a lot of the time in in its own weird stylistic way. It's crazy as a first feature in terms of like, the level of skill with which he comes at a lot of it Mm -hmm. um, in terms of world building and everything. But I would say, I don't know, for money, maybe the Hellraiser dream sequence? Uh, I'd have to watch it again, but that looked like, I don't know, that was cool. Yeah, that was cool. That was cool. Dude, I want to watch like a whole, I guess like a whole short film. Maybe not a whole 90-minute feature on that, but dude, do something with that again. I don't know. Just somebody going through like, going through the ringer in there. He's definitely breaking onto the scene in his own little like kind of way. And I don't know. It's um Is he? That's my question. He has no film plans. At least not on IMDB. So really? it's not announced at least. And Mandy was four years ago. He went eight years between making Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy. I don't know what his ethos is, man. I know he's the son He writes them, right? Yeah, of course. He has to. I'll check that, but 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's the writer. But he's the son of George Cosmatos, who directed some Stallone movies. He directed Rambo 2 and uh, is the credited director on Tombstone. So. And I guess he used he used uh, some of that money, some of that Rambo money to make his movies. But I, I want him to make more. Panos, if I if I had money, I would throw it at him and just tell him to make what he wanted. Like make whatever you want. Just just take the money. I wonder I wonder if it is if like his lack of um like making more movies has to do with money or if he's just not interested. He's like one of those weirdos who's just like, you nah, know, I'll do it when the time is right. You know? Yeah. It's I don't know how much interest the world had in Mandy. I really don't. I, th- I think it's in my top 10. There are some writers, right, who, like, are real serious about what it is that they put out. And they go through massive, massive, like, lengths of time editing, rewriting, editing, whatever it is. So maybe he's like that. Maybe it's not even, I mean, it would suck, but maybe it's not even, like, a focus of his in life, you know? Yeah, he's like, every once in a while, I'll just make a movie. It's cool. And he's like, oh, it's the family business, but I'm not really into it. <laughs> yeah, maybe he just, like, I don't know, it's like paints. <laughs> he probably doesn't need money. I don't know if, if his dad was a major director. I don't know. It's, it's all speculation. It's all yeah. speculation. I saw that there were, like, some minor interviews with him. I haven't seen, I haven't watched them, full disclosure. But, you know, he's not somebody that you're going to get, like, a a red carpet interview with because nobody cares. Yeah. He's like, I'm to- he's a total nobody of, of a filmmaker, you know? And I wish that weren't true. Yeah. I mean, I feel like Man- Mandy was pretty, if not like financially successful, probably pretty like cult, like not cult following. Yeah. You could say oh, there, there's like for a sure. Pretty- yeah. Absolutely, it's a cult movie. It's like one of the best, biggest cult movies of the last, you know, five, ten years, for sure. Yeah, It definitely so. put his name on the map. Okay, well, maybe with that, you know, that would, uh, that'll help a little bit. Um, <laughs> all I can think of is that fucking album cover of Linus Roach. Linus Roach? Uh, he played, uh, Jeremiah, the, the like, cult leader. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I want to get like that vinyl. Oh God, the... how did that? How did that song go? I, just, I can almost hear it. It's been a while since I've watched Mandy. Oh man, but yeah, I mean, going back to this film, definitely a lot of the like the stylistic tendencies. Uh, I can like expect what his next film maybe will kind of look like. <laughs> I could take a good guess. I want to say. Can guess what it'll feel like. Yeah. That's exactly. really cool, right? That's a cool thing to be able to say. Yeah. And it's cool that he's doing something different. You know, fuck fuck the financial success. If you have, you know, a dad or a family that was successful enough in Hollywood that they can kind of help curate your little projects, do it. Because we get films like this instead of, you know, The Tomorrow War. Yeah. You made Mandy, dude. You're... you're, you're contribution to the cinematic lexicon is absolutely cemented as far as I'm concerned. Oh, I yeah. love Mandy to death. <laughs> um, it is weird to go back. Beyond the, La- Beyond the Black Rainbow is not as successful. It's not a very good story as we've said, mm-hmm. but it is a it is a wild just like tonal thing that it's doing that's 
I don't know. At a certain point, you kind of feel like you're a stoner looking into a lava lamp. Like, yeah. watching this movie. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's just really hypnotic. You just put on the tunes. It's just super hypnotic. And I understand why people didn't like it 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely for me. He's two for two. He's two for two. I'm it's nice for to have, for three. you know, our own little North American, like, cadre of kind of weird art house films and strange little quirky movies like this, you know? Because we've been doing a lot of French, European movies. Yeah. And while... <laughs> got Titan coming up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, while the trend is pretty solid that those movies and films will be a little more avant-garde, um, it doesn't mean that, you know, we're just making Quaker prudish films over here still. No. Yeah. Thankfully, not everything is a Will Smith movie. Oh, God, yeah. No. <laughs> We won't dredge that up again. But I think, I don't know, I think we'll leave it there. This is not a movie that requires a whole lot of, I don't know, depthful analysis. Mm-hmm. We also just recorded our Oscars thing as well. Um, but I don't know, I, I did want to highlight this movie because it is super interesting. And yeah. uh, a, a really cool origin story of a filmmaker who I feel like has yet to like, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. Make more stuff, Com- Pan- Panos. Make more stuff. Ser- what a, And just what a wonderful name. You sound like a Greek god of some kind. I know, he does have a sweet name. Cosmatos. <laughs> Panos Cosmatos. <laughs> All right, anything else to say, Alex, before we wrap this one up? Uh, No, not really. Just enjoy your beats. Enjoy your beats. Dude, if you if you guys out there, if you like, if you listen to this and you haven't seen the movie, if you like weirdo movies, check it out. Get stoned, if that's your thing. What Whatever your thing is, do your thing, and then watch this movie. Yeah. I'm gonna, I'll just put it that way. All right, one and a half white men with English degrees giving you a book report about a movie because that makes sense. Signing off, and we'll see y'all in the next one. Panos Cosmatos, my balls. Now our podcast is done And we have to run We know it is sad But we had so much fun Don't be bereft Jesse, Alex, and Jeff Will be back real soon The Real Weirdos We talk about movies For way too goddamn long Boo 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 boo.